I'm Andrea Cleary. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that's important to them when they were young. But today, it's a special Juvenalia. Oh! It's a Boovenalia. It's a Boovenalia, Alan. We're doing we're doing a, an episode every week in October. We're going to do a spooky, scary, Halloween-type <laughs> thing. Uh, today, Andrea picked a topic. Mm-hmm. So Andrea, why don't you tell us? Yeah, what it is. Um, send your kids away because I have chosen the terrifying, bone-chilling uh, Disney feature film *Hocus Pocus*, uh, which I am <laughs> absolutely shocked nobody has spoken about on this. Po- I, I mean, I'm sure people have spoken around this, like, yeah, but I'm shocked it hasn't been a topic yet. I'm so delighted. This is great. Yeah, it just hasn't come up. Uh, I guess it's it's definitely on people's lists, and maybe. Mm people want to do non-spooky stuff because it's a spooky one you know they're yeah. really scaring the kids um i only saw it for the first time last year yes actually. it's not something that was part of my childhood but it was a big part of yours it was a big part of mine yeah and i'm i'm interested to know like what your feelings are about it having watched it as an adult first because like i feel like i say this about every topic on juvenilia that i've appeared on to, t- to discuss but this film has just always existed for me. Um, mm. It was like many films uh, when I was a child. It was recorded from the TV, ads and all, onto a like a VHS, and it was written in like blue bic pen, hocus pocus on it. And I watched it all the time. Like not even just at Halloween, I watched it all the time. It was my favorite film, um, and. I think I think it's I mean I watched I rewatched you know maybe the first hour of it there just before we started recording to refresh my memory I didn't need to do that at all I know this <laughs> film like the back of my hand I know every beat every joke I know every like movement that um that Bette Midler does in her amazing performance um as the kind of the leader of the the Sanderson sisters um I know this film very well but I'm not going to be very good with names so nobody call me out on that because I'm just not going by anybody's names um but her name is Winifred Sanderson I think um yes and yeah the story goes Back in the 1600s, uh, the witches were absolutely terrorizing the town of Salem. I think it's set in Salem, yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. and uh, they capture a little girl called Emily and so that they can brew a potion and take her life force and become young and beautiful, um, which is maybe a topic we'll discuss because uh, on Juvenalia, we like to discuss whether things are <laughs> problematic or not. And uh, yeah, they're obsessed with being um, young and beautiful again. So they steal her and her brother tries to save her, but he fails and they suck the life force out of poor little Emily and she perishes. Um, and... Thack or yeah, Thackeray Binks, her brother, um, is turned into a cat as a punishment. Um, and as the wish witches are um the, the the witches are then hanged, which was not in the VHS that I had. So our recording really? Yeah. Okay. So I had this mad thing happen where like so our recording must have been pre watershed or TE, must have been on mm-hmm. at like half six or something, and they cut the hanging scene out of it entirely and it's just I I don't know implied that the witches die or something or it just kind of goes to the like present day 
1990s Salem thing. And I remember watching it then. I think I was in college maybe and I was watching it with friends and someone had the DVD of it. And I got to the scene with the hanging and I was like, what? What is this? <laughs> no, not my hocus pocus. But it's there. And it's quite a, like intense scene you know you kind of yeah we see dangling legs you, you, you and, see dangling ne- yeah. legs and you hear you know for, if a child's watching it it could be twigs breaking but you hear their necks mm-hmm. break <laughs> like it's <Yes>. not <laughs> nice it's not a nice scene at all um but just before they they are hanged um uh winifred sanderson puts a curse on the town and says if a virgin comes to the old Sanderson house and lights a candle, um, maybe it's on Halloween night. I can't really remember, but I think it's just mm. they just have to be a virgin. They have to light the candle. Then the witches will come back to life. Um, so that's the 1600s. And then we move to kind of present day Salem, which is the 90s. 93. 93. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're 30 years ago. So. It's a period piece. So wait, the same. So 1600s to 1993 is the same length of time as 1993 (laughs) to now. Feel old yet? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It it feels that way, certainly. This is um, pre-bit pop, you know? It is. Yeah, this is pre... No, it's not. No, no. I was going to say something stupid there. Anyway, so in the present day, present day 1993, uh, we meet mm-hmm. Max and his little sister. Um, they've just moved to town from L.A., from Los Angeles. And Max is a moody teenager. He's probably, what, like 16 or something in it? I think Omri Katz was about 16. Yeah. It, so we'll assume. 16, he, seems, yeah. he seems 16. He's got 16-year-old, like... Teen vibe. Um, they've just moved yeah. to Salem. This is Zach Morris' bedroom. So One hundred. The assume. bedroom. Yeah. I swear to God, this bedroom and the bedroom in Sabrina the Teenage Witch were my two favorite bedrooms as a child. Like, there's mm. there's a moment where he's like, he's angry because he has to bring his little sister trick or treating, and he's in his own bedroom. He plays like a few bars on his drum kit. Uh, and he has neighbors. You see an external shot of the house. <laughs> he plays a few bars on his drum drum kit gets annoyed, throws the drumsticks down and then storms upstairs to the upper part of his bedroom. And you're like, what is this? But um, yeah, so then they basically, uh, he goes and lights the candle because he wants to impress a pretty girl um, and uh, fun and chaos and spooky times ensue is the general plot of the film, I think. Yeah, Um, seems pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, So... Watching it for the first time as an adult last year. Mm. Um, a weirdly horny film for a kid's film. <laughs> I'm glad you think so. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is just like mm. in heat for the film. <laughs> and for like teenage boys as well. She's 27. Oh man. Like she's sh- just pawing and like mm. at these boys. Yeah. Um, I love yeah. her character in this. She is, she's boy mm. crazy. She only cares about boys. She's so hot in this film. Like she's sort of, I I don't think you'd be able to put her in a film like this today. Kind of the way she's in in like a kid's film. In terms of how she's dressed and how she's behaving towards boys, it would be like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. how scandalous. It's funny how things (laughs) have become like, in some ways more scandalous. But like you watch it as an adult and you're like, oh my God. She's so hot. Mm-hmm. She's and she is. And she's fantastic in mm-hmm. it. She's so funny. And I mean, I think that's the 
kind of enduring joy of Hocus Pocus is how much fun the adult actors are having filming it. Like, yeah. obviously, Bette Midler is the star of this film. Um, and she she read the script and I, th- I, I, I think there was some kind of issue where like, the script was floating around for a little while and then she read it and she was like, oh, I'm in. So the studio were like, okay, I guess we're making the movie. Um, so mm. it was like, Bet got on like pretty quickly, got on board. And then after that, it was I think it was Wikipedia done. said it, Cloris Leachman was in the in the running for it originally. Yes, I did read that. In the middle. Mm. Um, who would also have been amazing, but like Bette Midler does really, you can't really imagine someone else did it. Bette is just, well. she's so funny and she's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, what she, she had like her, a film career in the, I, I don't know a lot about Bette Midler's career, but I mean, Beaches, that was, that was her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was what, like what the, the 80s, probably like the late 80s. So she's done like serious stuff and mm-hmm. she, she just has so much fun in this film and it's it's like my my film theory um because i refuse to engage with like critical theory when it comes to films i just <laughs> i like to be dumb um is that all films are made better when the people in them are just really having fun it's why knives out was so great it's why this movie's so great she's having the best time and she gets an amazing song what the adults reminded me of in this is, and it, this could be just like um, getting big boss baby energy off this kind of <laughs> a thing, because uh, you did Josie and the Pussycats, she on the garbage. Yeah. And the adults in this remind me of the fun, the adults, and, not the adults, the, like the Alan Cumming and Parker Posey. Yeah, the, the adults. Yeah. 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 I think they're definitely the adults. Yeah, that's, that's where, a really where good... Where you know you're not getting an Oscar for it, really. You know, no. so you're just going to have as much fun. There's a bit where they when they get like reanimated first and the, I think it's the first time they see like a modern thing mm. and Kathy Najimi just does this scream mm. and it's the funniest thing and I can just imagine I imagine they must be in the stitches at the end of everything because yeah. they're just they're all chewing the scenery but in completely different ways they're completely complementary of what they do yeah there's an amazing like, bit so, where, yeah. where they're like so they're they're reanimated and they leave the, the Sanderson house and mm. they encounter uh, tarmac and they're they've no idea yes. what it is. They're like they think it's like mm-hmm. it's a black puddle or like a, you know they they think it's water. And they don't know what it is. And then I think Sarah Jessica Parker's character, Sarah, whose name is Sarah, um, like jumps on it. And I think that might be where she does her scream, where she's like, ah! <laughs> yes. And then they're walking around, and then there's like just a ama- the, the amazing scene later, which I used to skip when I was a kid because I thought it was boring. But the three of them, they're trying to find the kids and, you know, they're surrounded by trick-or-treaters and they're walking down this street and Mm. a man who's just handing out candy to trick-or-treaters appears at his door dressed as the devil and they're like, oh my God, master! And they think it's him and he's like, oh, the Sanderson (laughs) sisters, oh my God, amazing, come on in. And then Sarah Jessica Parker's like flirting with him, obviously, and the wife is inside Mm -hmm. and she has these like long like spirally curlers in her hair and they're like oh they've married he's married medusa look at the snakes in her hair so it's just like all these like and the wife is so mad she's like i think she calls sarah jessica parker a tramp she's like take your like your (laughs) tramp ass out of my house it's so so good and then there's the um, 
like everyone fancies them, which is really funny. There's the the bus driver pulls up and he's like, hubba bubba, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. ooh, because all they want is to be beautiful. They just want to be young and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when they get all this male attention, um, it's so like, you know, validating for them. And as a woman who is older now than I was when I was a child, which is very sad that these things happen. I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. You know, it's is it an allegory for Botox and plastic surgery and things like that? Maybe it is. I don't know. But um, I I relate to the Sanderson sisters now mm-hmm. as a as an aging person. I'm 31, I'm not aging. <laughs> but like, you know, I'm like, yeah, a no. point is being made here. And I don't know. I'm 38, I am aging. But like, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you you, you have, a, I reckon you looked the same when you were 12 as you do now. And you're going to look the same when you're 50. Like, I just, you have one of those kind of ageless faces. Um, yeah, the beard comes and goes. And that's kind of. Yeah. Actually, no, there's, there's light. There are left lines and stuff. But like, yeah, I'm essentially. Just the same generic, generic beard man yeah um <laughs> even if i did age i would just swap in one of the eighty thousand men who look exactly like him well. I needed, just, yeah. um yeah so the the film being a horny film i definitely get mm. because i mean it centers around a virgin lighting a candle um yeah and he is and every time they say virgin it's funny it's funny every, every time, single every time. time Tora Birch says that her brother's a virgin it's really funny she's brilliant she is she is so funny amazing she's <sighs> adorable and she's such great time of timing and just and I'm like amazing unforced energy about her yeah she doesn't feel stage kiddie she feels like an actual kid she like, is a much like, better like, actor like, than the other two yeah. kids yeah she's like ET kids level kind of yeah that kind of yeah did she go on to do anything so that's she's from like Ghost World and American Beauty and she's in Walking Dead now. Oh, is that who she she's is? Had, yeah, yeah. Oh. oh she was also a, like a, a very small child actor as well. She's mm. been acting since like forever. I think she had a couple of years where she was not very happy with it and I think there might have been some open letters, but I forgot to research that before we did this. But she's that's okay. Back acting now, so mm. yeah. Yeah, mm. she is she is outstanding in it. And I think I didn't mm-hmm. realise because she was, you know, my my stand-in when I was watching it as a little girl. Yeah, yeah. I had a, an older brother, not quite the same age distance, d- difference between her and Max, but I definitely had the older brother who was, you know, too old to like bring me trick-or-treating and too cool mm-hmm. for all of that. Um, and whereas yeah. I just wanted to like hang out with my brother. And But she's so... Um, she's so responsible as well. Like at the beginning when she's like, bring me trick-or-treating, he's like, no. And she's like, okay, but like, we're new here. We just moved here. I could get lost. It's a full moon outside. Like (laughs) people are running around like crazy. It's dangerous. Bring me trick-or-treating. And you're like, yeah, everything this small child is saying is the responsible thing to do. She's not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, their parents are just like, okay, we're going to a party. Bye. Like, you know, good I luck. I mean, that's pretty familiar to any kids of 80s, 90s parents. I, I guess, think. but like... Yeah. But but like, they're they're new in town. And this this Max yeah. guy, he's clearly chasing tail. He's clearly going to this, your one's house. Oh, by the way, her house. Mm. So what is her name? Alison. Um, Alison. She looks like an Alison. She's a classic Alison. Yeah. TV Alison. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's got the hair. She's got the 90s... Mm-hmm. Like, the hair and the jumper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What, what? What's like the 
female version of a heartthrob. Not that she can't be a heartthrob, but like, I don't know, like girl next door sweetheart that you'd see mm. in these kind of th- these kinds of films. And um, she look, she's not the best actor <laughs> in the world. Um, she's fine. She's yeah. fine. I think like watching it as an adult, I'm like, hmm, they kind of do nothing with her. Yeah, she's not really given very much. I think maybe that's it. Um, no, she isn't, to be honest, no. She's like, she gets a moment later where she surrounds them all with a circle of salt to protect them from the witches. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I think she's just kind of, you know, a, a love interest for Max, who is yeah. very annoying, but also I think everyone sees a little bit of themselves <laughs> in Max and that might be why he's annoying, you know. Did you feel that way about him? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, like aspirational bedroom. He has like the Zach Morris syndrome, but like mm. Zach Morris, who's been stripped of his power because nobody knows who he is. Mm. You know, he is. Uh, you say stri- stripped of his power. I am constantly forgetting that Zach Morris has the power to stop time. And yeah, every time I remember it, my mind is blown. Like. Saved by the Bell was <laughs> a supernatural show. <laughs> like it's. I wasn't a- even thinking that. I was. I was thinking of his that like. Um, inertia of being cool where once oh, you yeah. get it it keeps going and building mm. and he said that all gone and now he's just Hollywood with the nice runners but Max is so much cooler than everyone in this nerd town like his moment at the yeah. beginning it, it, it's like oh and you know they're, they're all in the classroom he's brand new and the teacher dressed like a witch is telling the story in history class about the Sanderson sisters. And she does like a like a scary boo thing at the end. And then Max, in a very cool way, says, give me a break, which is something only American children say. Um, and to Irish <laughs> children, it's just it's like that's what they say in the telly he says, give me a break. And then he gives Alison mm-hmm. his phone number. And then he meets her outside and he's cycling along. She's walking along in the most incredible red cape. She's just wearing this cape, like red riding hood. I think maybe velvet cape with a huge hood. And when she walks off after the conversation, she puts the hood up and I'm like, I'm sold. Where's the cape? Give me the cape. Why aren't you getting the cape now? (laughs) Like, I need to find the cape. But like, so... Yeah, they're outside talking and he's like, oh, I don't like all this Halloween stuff. And and uh, Alison's like, oh, you don't believe in it at all? Not even a Halloween? And it's like, this town is full of nerds. This town is full of people who are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. 100% like part of this whole Halloween thing, which makes sense because to, to go back to Emily in the 1600s, that girl, the compliance of her just sitting in that chair... And she's just sitting there just like her brother's trying to rescue her. He's putting everything into like, you know, sneaking around the house. And she's just sitting there like, tra la 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 la. Just everyone's so compliant. And I think they deserve to be eaten or (laughs) whatever it is by the witches. But full of nerds. The film in general is quite happy to make people just like like stop and be dolls when they need them to be. Yeah. Yeah. In in service of the story. Yeah. Or like weird, some weird like contrivances where they have an army of children coming towards them to steal a bit of life from at the end and they're like no mm. I'm angry now it must be this one child I get this stuff from it has like, to be this one child do some strategic planning Just yeah get one off, kill one of these no hope or randomers mm. that listen to the song and then plan yeah know? but um but but yeah. 
like that that is the case and it's like yeah dolls is the perfect way to describe them but then you have these other supporting characters that have so much charisma and like I don't know, mm, like the guy, like the devil, the, dev- the, the devil well. guy, the dad, the mom when she's dressed as Madonna and she has like Madonna, her little moment yeah. of like, oh my God, do I not look good? No, I do look good. No, I do look good. The guy, <laughs> the guy who Max and the kids talk to uh, and they think he's a cop and they explain the whole like we woke up the mm. Sanderson sisters thing. And then the the, the little yeah. the little one's like, and he's a virgin. <laughs> he like takes him to the side. And he's like, are you a virgin? Like he's so funny. And the guy who's like hosting the mm-hmm. Halloween event, the like singer crooner guy, who's like dressed as a skeleton. Oh yeah, he's great. He's yeah. incredible. So just absolutely like bursts off the screen. So there's all these like amazing supporting characters, mm. but then you've other moments where you're like, who is this guy? You know? And oh, what's the zombie's name? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Billy. It, Billy. Birch something it's yeah it's definitely billy and uh i remember sitting around a a group like a a table of friends and it was made it was like you know 70 or 80 percent women the rest men and uh, we were all talking about hocus pocus or like childhood crushes or whatever and one girl one brave woman said uh billy from hocus (laughs) pocus and every single one of the other girls was like yes I was like, none of us can explain it. I cannot explain it now. I do not know what the appeal is. Maybe it's literally because he does not talk and all he does is try to help. But like, yeah, be still my beating heart. He has, he has bass player energy, I would say. Yes, that's exactly it. A kindly bass player. Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah, he's there to support, but he's not going to make it all about him, you know. Mm-hmm. But he is the backbone yeah. of the group. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's he's brilliant as well. He's such a good like physical comedy actor. Well, that's um, that's Doug Jones who is on all Guillermo del Toro stuff. Yes, he's who's he's always behind the prosthetics. This guy with yeah. the I'm doing yeah. the hand eye thing. The hands with the eye in it um, yeah. from Pan's Labyrinth. Um, yeah, he's he's marvelous in it. He is so 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 good in it. So yeah, there is like. There's all these kind of little characters, which are the ones I always remembered. They they were they were always the ones that stuck with me, like the skeleton guy at the dance at the Halloween dance, which is the most wholesome Halloween party mm-hmm. for adults I've ever seen. And I'm so annoyed that parties yeah. aren't like that. <laughs> Do you remember your first like adult Halloween party? I remember like in first year of college yeah. going into town Halloween, going, "Oh wait, we can do Halloween different." Yeah. Now we're in college. It's everybody's a bit. There's ghost, but people are ghost. There's people put a lot of effort in here. I didn't really you could put in effort. Yeah, like and everybody's just a bit slutty. Even the Ghostbusters. Everyone's slutty. Yeah. That's the, it's yeah. it's the point. Yeah, I, I I do remember that. But then I was also I I also remember being really disappointed that part Halloween parties were just normal parties, but everyone's dressed up. Like all the same stuff happens. Like people get too drunk or yeah, but. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now thinking about it, I'm like, I do like the idea of like going out to the garden in someone's house and there's like Batman, a Pikachu and a Crash Bandicoot just standing around having a smoke and having a chat mm-hmm. about like their jobs or something. I'm like, I like that. That's that's good. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I, I, I do remember being like, oh, but this is just a normal party. What makes this? We're, we're just dressed up. It's not I don't know. It's not spooky. <laughs> 
There's no, we're not even playing Halloween music. We're just playing normal music. This sucks. Um, yeah, I had very, very high yeah, expectations. Like, yeah, we used to go to the Brogue in Cork, which is like the the indie bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would like play Thriller. And mm. That would be the concession to Halloween, you know. Um, I need more than that. Yeah. I need more than that. Like, I need, what, I need like, a theme. What's on a Halloween playlist though? What What do you got? Oh, there's loads. Um... Well, the song from this film, which we'll get on to, which is my mm-hmm. favorite moment in the film. Um, even something like, you know, that Somebody's Watching Me song. And oh, yeah, okay, yeah. The Monster Mash. And what else is on it? I liked that clipping album from a couple of years ago, but that's probably not appropriate. Um, it's. Did they do a Halloween album? It's like a kind of a horror rap album. It's really good. Okay. It's yeah. really, really good. Hmm. Um, it's one of the guys from Hamilton, who's the French guy. Yeah, David Diggs. Him. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Who has my favorite like voice in Hamilton? So I was like, oh my god, he's got a band. Oh my god, they're oh, really yeah. good. Oh my god, they made a Halloween fucking <laughs> thing. <laughs> it was great. It was that was a great month to be me. Um, I reckon that was twenty twenty. <laughs> I think. Um, ah, yeah. There's a good like I I made a playlist for it. So I my birthday is the second of November. I'm a Scorpio, um, which is obviously two days after Halloween. So for a lot of my 20s, I had a Halloween party um, as my as my birthday party. And like everybody would dress up and it was called Spook um, or Spook 2 or Spook 3. And it, it went on like this. Um, and it would it was like, you know, the month leading up to it was, you know, collaborative playlist on Spotify time. Everybody getting their spooky songs in and it can be done. Like I've got a playlist that's got like maybe 50 songs Now they get more tenuous as you go down the list, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> like there's there's definitely I'll I'll send it to you and you can put it in the, the notes of the the episode if, yeah, if anyone wants to listen yeah. to it. But um, ah, yeah, yeah. you do, Like witchcraft by you know Frank mm-hmm. Sinatra just even you know something like that just a little yeah just not not the normal stuff not people <laughs> going to the club <laughs> we don't need that um yeah did you ever go out to let's the club at Halloween Midler. oh no sorry no that's a way better question let's do let's do Bette Midler <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah. tell us about the song <sighs> the song it's I think I tweeted earlier this year and it was like it wasn't Halloween, but the feeling came over me so much that I needed to say this, which was that all musical performances in film, like they all just pale in comparison to what Bette Midler did in Hocus Pocus. It is, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, like the high point of her career (laughs) it's sung brilliantly she sings I put a spell on you the lyrics are changed so that she's actually putting a spell on the on the party so that everybody will dance till you die um she puts her whole wabussy into it I don't know if I did that correctly um the world was meant to be witch asking the wrong person yeah yeah (laughs) Tell me if it's wrong. But um, she, oh my God, like she didn't have to do that. Like she didn't have to do it as well as she did. It's absolutely 
brilliant. It's no perfect. It's better than the original song. <laughs> like it's just absolutely <laughs> amazing. And it's and it's incorporated into the film really well because it's like, okay, we have Bette Midler. We obviously need her to do a song. What? H- how can we work this in? Mm. It's worked in seamlessly. Like there's already a band at the party. She needs to put a mass spell on the town. You know, how do you do that? Through music, you know? And she is spellbinding in her well, voice. Well, you know why... Why it works so well? Because mm. it's directed by Kenny Ortega, who directed Dirty Dan- no, choreographed Dirty Dancing, <gasps> and also choreographed Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh wow! So he knows his way around an impromptu dance and musical scene, and especially a dance you know? that leads from the floor up to the stage and back up to the stage. Like that's yeah, oh wow, know? that's blown my mind. Yeah. He has he has a trick and he's good at it and he's not afraid to use it. <laughs> yeah. So he he choreographed that scene. He choreographed um yeah, so he's credited as director and choreographer of oh. basically all the films he directed, but he was also the choreographer on Dairy Dancing and Fresh oh, Peter's Day okay. Off and the video for Physical by Olivia Newton John. Yeah, I, I as well. they all exist within yeah. the same universe. This is blowing my mind. And he also did like High School Musical and The Descendants as well. So yeah. he's in the Disney world now as well. So yeah. Yeah, that's so cool because the, like so, something about the High School Musical thing uh, uh, movies is that they are really well like blocked. You know, they, they're shot mm. very well and all the choreography and like how how it moves through the high school and through like all the different groups and stuff is done really 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 well um yeah so I, to- I totally see that but it's yeah even even the two other Sanderson sisters like they're they have their little choreography in the background that just that whole mm-hmm. scene is just so it's perfect it is absolutely perfect if I was to if I was to like show someone like oh like what is like a really immersive moment in a film where you can just you can watch it and you get a sense of every single character in the film it's that because you've got the kids running around they're all stressed in like in different ways in ways that are like you know specific to their characters um you've got the the mom and dad who are so funny in that scene also the dad is really hot uh, which i never knew as a child <laughs> but their dad he's dressed as like a a vampire like dracula or something and i was like oh my god mm-hmm. um and then the mom is being madonna and he has a bit like phil dunphy yeah yeah family kind very of. like him very yeah. very like him um yeah. and just the the way it's shot you you catch so many brilliant costumes in the background like it, it, it'd be like the mm. Sanderson sisters here doing their little bit of choreography or their little bit of singing and everyone behind them it has amazing costumes and like there's a moment where like it cuts down and it's you know three people dressed as Diana Ross and the Supremes or there's like a mummy or an astronaut or it's like the uh, Romeo and Juliet um, costume party where like everyone's costumes are just so yeah. beautiful and or- ornate and delicate but like like the deals version of it like because some of the costumes are kind of cheap looking yeah. and they're realistic <laughs> and like yeah. attainable I think and I think that's something that's so great about this film is that it is you know really like it's you know fantasy and all of that but if you wanted to dress up as the Sanderson sisters and you wanted to do it well, you could do it pretty easily. If you wanted to dress as any of these characters, mm-hmm. you could do it easily. I mean, I sent a, a video to my friend Nadia because um, we're yeah. always looking for like duos to dress up as. And the two like stoner bully guys, I was like, we have to do this. Like, oh, yeah. And this is ice. 
<laughs> so good. Like all of the costuming is perfect. The, all the like, the kids' costumes that are at Halloweening, nobody looks. Every just they have like that bin bag mm, energy. Yes. Although there is, um, when the Sanders sisters are walking down the street and they can't find any children because they're all dressed up. Yes. And they they stop for a second to have a conversation, and a perfect Sonic the Hedgehog walks behind them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even think I've noticed him. Oh, he, he stands out so much <laughs> among all the other costumes. This is absolutely perfect Sonic. Just <laughs> passes by in the background. I love them. I have to get the name of the little girl in it. What is her name? Max is little... Danny is her name. It was driving me mad. Yes. Um, her, her costume is her little witch's costume. The like orange. Oh, it's just so mm. beautiful. It is such a beautiful... I think you can tell that they really focused on her with that like... <laughs> really <laughs> stunning stunning costume um, and like we said she's just absolutely adorable and her little hat and just how she just falls in love with Thackeray oh yeah Thackeray Binks okay yeah let's, that, let's go on to this that cat dies and gets run over by a bus and is lying in the street yes. with like a flat body mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. He comes back to life and he puffs back up. But every time I see it, I cry. <laughs> like, I can't watch that scene. <laughs> because she, it, it zooms in on Danny's face and she is bawling. Like, she is proper kid crying. Mm-hmm. Like, her eyelash, or her, every eyelash has a tear hanging off it. Like, she's snotty and crying. And you're like, oh, well, like, first of all, go her for that performance. And second of all, like... Mm-hmm. Like the cat just died. I think he dies twice in it, does he? Mm. He like really gets yeah, at like, the end. He dies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's he's great because I think I think he's kind of like in Babe, where the animal is talking and the lips are moving. It's one mm-hmm. of those, but it's not an Air Bud vibe. Is that what it's called? With the dog who plays basketball or whatever. The dog, the basketball dog. Yeah, yeah. it's not that yeah. sort of like thing where you're like, oh, this is awful. Mm-hmm. It's it's much more like Babe, where you're like, oh, I fully believe that this cat can talk, and and I think it's it's yeah, it's weirdly more realistic than Salem mm. in Sabrina, even though that's like three four years later. Yeah, yeah, because Salem is is a bit is a bit kind of robotic in his movements. He'll kind of yeah, he'll yeah. look this way, then he'll look that way while he says something. And Salem was great, um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I I think as as we've moved forward with kind of animal like how to like make it look like the animals talking like with CGI and mm-hmm. things, it's looked worse. I think we should go back to that sort of like I don't know. Like cheap, keep cheaply looking. Because now it's yeah. in like ads for gambling yeah. like, websites and stuff. Yeah. Like, like a talking fox and stuff. It's like, and I don't like you're it. You're it. Yeah, I don't no. like it. It doesn't feel real. Whereas Th- Thackeray Binks feels like he is a cat. Mm-hmm. He's a boy in a cat's body. He's been living as a cat for a few hundred years. Um, and he's just such a like, he's a supporting character, but he's he's so like, well lived lived in like and you just believe that mm. this cat can talk because of course he can you know and he's best friends with yeah. Danny like they love each other so much and she has a little familiar for the film and then obviously later on he gets set free from his spell when they defeat the witches um, and he becomes every little girl's dream boy 
in the world um, like your little girl it was Thackeray Binks as a boy and it was when Casper turned into a boy something about non-humans turning back into boys <laughs> captured the hearts of little girls and he was just I just thought he was so dreamy he was so dreamy really? yeah I was like oh he's, he has his floppy hair his um, little little weird shirt um, like mm. pilgrimy looking shirt, his pantaloons, his pantaloons. <laughs> and he loved his sister. And he gave, da- he, I think he gives Danny a kiss on the cheek or something. Yeah, and does, yeah. that was the level of romance I wanted. Like I didn't want any more than mm-hmm. that. Um, which is good because he's you know three hundred and something years older than her. Um, yeah. But I think doesn't he say something at the end like you know give me a call in three hundred years or something like that. Something. He, no, he says something. He says something nicer and less creepy than that. Oh, does he? he okay. He, he does a whisper, and he, I thought we weren't going to hear it, but it's something just like you're strong or you're good or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, or like I'll it's always remember you or something. Than, yeah. Yes, something like that. Yeah. 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 And yeah, and then he um, he goes off with Emily, and it's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Emily, the so okay, number one compliance bitch. Like, just <laughs> absolutely no, absolutely doesn't even have a line yeah. in the film. It's just like, oh, what we're going back to heaven? Okay, oh, the witches want me. Okay, mm. I don't know. Are you allowed into heaven if you've lived as a cat for three hundred years? I'm not sure. I don't know because it wasn't his fault. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll get mm. if anyone's a, a theologian. Get into it. Let us let us know if people live with cats yes. for hundred years and get into heaven. <laughs> um, so, like Omri Katz versus Thackeray Binks. Who? Sorry. He seemed uh, Omri Katz. So Max. Oh. Seemed like a much more obvious heartthrobby. No, was never interested no. in him because he okay. was he was my brother and I was Danny. Do you know? It was right, like that. Right. That dynamic was too close. So I was just, mm-hmm. I, I would always be like, oh no, he's just an annoying older brother and Danny's obviously the coolest. And I was right about that, um, which no, is that's true. really that's affirming. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, never always thought he was uh, really lame and boring and didn't get into the spirit of Halloween in the same way that I would want in a partner. Um, mm-hmm. And my partner now does not get into the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> Um, but he supports me in in doing well, it. Well, that's the important. Yeah, thing. he's yeah. he's he's very much a kind of a that's nice, dear. Um, yeah. The way when he talks to me about like Elden Ring or Europa Universalis mm-hmm. Four, and he's like, "Oh, I won with Russia," and I'm like, "That's nice, dear. Well done." Yeah. Look, every relationship needs that twenty percent of stuff that you're interested in that they're not interested in yeah. whatsoever. Absolutely, that's the independence zone. Yeah, and it's vital. I like Halloween. Yeah. He likes maps. And the history of yeah. maps, like that's it. He's he's a map guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife like loves true crime. I love guitar pedals. Yeah. And they don't intersect at all. It's no. Great. No. Yeah. No. And until one day they will, um, and there'll be a podcast yes. series about it, and the two of you will bond over it, and it'll be great. Um, but I mean, he <laughs> he, murders, he yeah. likes like he likes scary things. Like it, if I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, let's watch a spooky movie, he'll be like. Suspiria and I'm like no that's not what I mean <laughs> I don't I don't mean art house spooky Harry I yeah. mean Hocus Pocus Casper like uh, the Adams family like these that's that's the level of spooky that I can kind of handle like I like spooky horror movies such a, but spooky is a very specific level and it's not horror it's not horror it is not yeah. horror like what would be like the closest to horror you can get while still being spooky would probably be like 
I don't know. Oh, God, actually. Oh, I've backed myself into like, a corner here because I don't know. Maybe scream? Scream. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I, I like my horror to be camp. Uh, mm-hmm. If it is going to be horror, if it's something like scream or like, I'm going to say it. I really like Final Destination. I really like. Oh, me too. I saw it in the cinema. Yeah, yeah. I really like urban yeah. legends and like just really camp, stupid kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, gory but not in a like I think the first Saw film is excellent I think it's just a good film like I think I watch horror films the way I watch a film and I'm like ah yes hmm the film wow (laughs) how provoking um but spooky films I've no or like camp horror films like Scream I I've no sense of like whether it was good or bad it's just whether or not that's like I me and michael sarah films yeah just, I'm just watching michael sarah yeah. i'm just watching it like it doesn't doesn't mm. mean anything except i'm enjoying it like i'm not reading into yeah. it it's just it is what it is or like you know teen movies like like mm. some team a lot of teen movies are excellent five-star films like mean girls is a perfect film but like a lot of them aren't a lot of them are not good films, but I'll watch them and I I enjoy that and I enjoy that time in my life. So that's how I am with kind of spooky Halloween stuff. And I think Hocus Pocus is just, you know, it's there with the Adams family in terms of like, mm. it is fun for all the family. Everybody ages eight to 80, as they say, will enjoy <laughs> this film. Like it is, it's so, so, so funny and so fun and like, you do laugh and cry watching it. It's just, it's mm-hmm. perfect. I love it. I love it so much. And it looks so autumnal. The leaves, the trees, Salem, like the whole vibe is so, yeah, I'm on board. I'm amongst it. I'm here. So at time recording, the sequel came out last week. Mm. Have you watched it yet? I have no intention of watching it. No intention even. Wow. Okay. I, do, I don't know. Okay. I haven't seen anyone say anything about it. But when I okay. heard it was happening, I was like, no, no. But okay. mm, I don't know. Like it. Mm. I haven't seen a sequel or a remake from Disney that I've liked. I think that's true. Yeah, I don't. I don't think one has come out where I'm like, yeah, this was worth it or we should have mm. done this. Um, I mean, I'm I'm tempted because the girls are back, the Sanderson sisters, like the cast is back. But mm, I don't know. But I can see how the plot would like allow for it to return, like getting the witches back. You know, I know that they like perish at the end. The book was still there at the end. Yeah, the book. Oh, the book. Flickers and stuff. Yeah. The book was one of my favorite characters. He's just so. Really? He's just like, he's just this little eye and she always has to wake him up and he's like this like crusty little leather eye and he's like (laughs) and she loves him so much um yeah i liked the book and i just loved the physical object of the book like it looked so old and dusty and it's what books should look like like it was beautiful Mm. beautifully bound and it had an eye and you're like yes this is a book (laughs) Here we go. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the book is there. And I, so I can kind of understand or like I can envision like the plot, I guess, being fine. But mm. I don't know. There was just so much like kind of physical stuff in the in in, in Hocus Pocus as in like, 
I don't know. There, there's not a whole lot of CGI. I think the only real CGI would be with the cat and it's done in a kind of a kind yeah. of a jinky way anyway. Um, there's an explosion, but it's all like more composite than actual CGI. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas so. I think now I, I, I'm afraid that they would they they would move it away from those, you know, the kind of like physical costumes, like actual set yeah. pieces where people are like pushing was, a cauldron yeah. over and stuff actually spills onto the ground instead mm-hmm. of what it what it could be. I was thinking at the end, like the actual climax of the film takes place in about 10 square feet of a graveyard because mm. it's actually all physical. Yeah. If, if they had the opportunity to CGI that, that there would be more of a chase through a CGI. It would be much bigger happening. and bolder yeah. and it just wouldn't feel as, you know quaint and mm-hmm. I don't know there's something about I don't know if I've talked about this on Juvenalia before but like it's part of the reason why I love Doctor Who so much is I I something I love in television in particular is when they is when you have an idea and you don't quite have the budget to execute it I think mm-hmm. that that juxtaposition is incredibly charming and it's something that Doctor Who has always had um like it's why the Daleks look so bad, but yet still are so scary. Or you have like, um, you know, the like like the Blink episode of Doctor. I don't know if you're a Doctor Who fan, but like Doctor Who fans will know. But like the, yeah. the Blink episode of Doctor Who is an episode that was made because you know they needed to, uh, like, make a cheap episode, um to allow for the budget for the rest of the series and it's one of the most beloved and best episodes of Doctor Who ever so it's like it's this high concept low budget thing that I love and I think this film I think Hocus Pocus even though it it had a pretty decent budget it it was like it was a low budget Disney film so it had like a couple Mm. of million behind it or whatever Um, but I'm afraid that like they'll put a lot of money into it and mm-hmm. the set pieces will be bigger and everything will be bigger and bolder and better. And I don't want that. <laughs> I want it to feel <laughs> like this lived in world that I'm familiar with. And I don't like big winks to the camera like, oh, that's the that's the joke from the movie. Or I just mm-hmm. I just don't really like any of that. Um. So, yeah, no, I probably I probably won't. And also, I'm like the absolute cheek of them to do it because like this film like (laughs) this film was like panned it was not well received by critics Mm -hmm. at all even now if if you go on like Rotten Tomatoes or one of them it's it's you know it's got like maybe like 50 or 60 percent like and I think I said to you recently I can't remember when we were talking but like you know, all my favorite films probably have like a six out of ten. Like it's yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't. I I have a lot of love for films that are. I I suppose I'm I'm describing cult films, I guess. But like this was really really not well received, and critics wrote some like garbage stuff about it and said that like, you know. I don't know that Bet Bet Midler like didn't give a good performance or that she phoned it in and so and I'm like, no. Nah. Like, come on, (laughs) like, and this is why I I just don't think like, I think if you are an adult, I don't think all, I I don't think all film critics should be allowed to uh, review films for children. I think that is a Mm -hmm. special skill that only some critics have. And just because you're good at critiquing film doesn't mean you're like, kids films are a whole other thing. Um, And 
like they no, no one got it but the kids got it and that's that's the important thing whereas now I'm afraid that it will try to like pander to those kids now that we're of the age where we kind of understand a bit of film theory or whatever and I'm just like no I don't like it. That's my long answer of like, no, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> what about you? You don't have as much of a, like a protective kind of feeling. No, that's it. So I, prob- I probably will end up watching yeah. it just because it's at the top of Disney Plus every time I open it. So yeah, I yeah. Probably do it at some point. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm the exact same. Like I think, yeah, when we were talking about that, I was like, like all my favorite albums got like 7.8. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, I, I, like, yeah, there's five star, 10 out of 10 films out there. And some of them I love, but most of my favorite films were either not very well received when they came out, like Donnie Darko, one of my favorite films, which I know is is uh, coming up this season. Um, and yeah, albums are the same. I'm like anywhere between like a 6.8 and, a, and an 8. I'm like, that's probably where my favorite album is. It's probably <laughs> in there. Um, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Andrea, please plug some stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I have a podcast. It's called My Favourite Album, funnily enough. I just I just got the name of it in there a second ago. <laughs> um, that's available on Tall Tales or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you listen to Juvenalia, check out Alan's episode. We talk about OK Computer. Um, I host the Nile Nine podcast with Nile Nine Weekly. You can get that on your podcast stuff. And I am on Twitter at Andrea Cleary underscore i'm back boo me but oh well um and that yeah we everywhere. have circles now it's different it's only like in half back. i'm back in sir oh i love circles <laughs> man yes yeah, so you can follow me and if you if if i'm like oh yeah you're you're in the circles vibe i will i will fully just add you straight in i have no filter <laughs> on like like some people in my circles I've never met in my life so I'm just like yeah oh no it's pure just a no narcs circle. Yeah, yeah literally yeah. yeah and like it's the circles thing sorry I know we're wrapping up but like I was I was th- I was <laughs> thinking about the circles thing and I was like everything I've ever read in somebody's circle I will take those tweets to my grave like I am mm-hmm. like the most trustworthy person to be in your circle I will not repeat it I, if I see you I'll pretend I didn't read it I'm just like no absolutely no narcs yeah what about you Alan but also also I need sorry just to, we need to Good. finish talking about circles but <laughs> anytime someone tweets in their circle for the first time do you check the likes and go who else made the call oh 100% <laughs> <laughs> And if I see a pal in there, I'm like, hey, <laughs> you, yeah. you you, and I are in a lot of similar circles. Yeah. <laughs> which is very nice. Me, you and Sarah. I always, I, yeah. I, I see us l- lurking around the same people and they're mm-hmm. good places to be. Yeah. Uh, so what are we talking about? Oh, yes. I am Alan underscore McGuire on Twitter. Uh, Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter. Juvenalia pod on Instagram. Uh, thank you to Dean McDonald for our artwork. We have a Patreon where we talk about things we've started and finished in the last while on our bonus series started finished um i think that's it we'll be back next week where we'll be talking about donnie darko so amazing i'm so excited extremely exciting yeah and thank you so much andrea this was a lot of fun thank you alan and thank you listeners bye bye everybody bye. Bye.